mean, wow. The soundtrack to The Lion King. Unbelievable, iconic songs written by Elton John and Tim Rice. But what a lot of people don't know is that Elton John writes the music, not the lyrics. In fact, he was hired first solo to write the songs, but the lyrics were so terrible they had to hire Tim Rice. In fact, the original lyrics were, It's the circle of life, in the mouth, out the butt. Hot dogs, mayo, grits and corn. It's the circle of life... <laughs> I'm sorry. We should probably edit all this out. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, 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 bad science. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bad Science. I'm Ethan Edinburgh. And today we're talking about the Academy Award winning 1994 film, The Lion King, uh, which you've probably seen. And if you haven't, that's incredibly strange to me. I feel like everyone <laughs> on the planet probably has. Joining me are two wonderful guests. First, our old friend from the Memento episode, UCLA psychology professor and director of the Comparative Cognition Lab, Dr. Aaron Blaisdell. <laughs> Thank you for having me on here again, Ethan. It feels like it's just been an hour ago since I was here. I've, I missed you. I'm so glad that you're back. I'm a little bit upset that you didn't automatically compliment me for getting your name right. I know it's probably just expected that I should get it right at this point, but I thought I would get at least like a... You know, know, some Thank things you. are so awesome, you don't even have to comment on them. You detract <laughs> from their awesomeness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the sun is so massive and powerful. We don't have to talk about it all the time. Nope. Yeah, that would be <laughs> unnecessary. Uh, and joining us is comedian and writer Robin Tran. Yeah, much shorter uh, credits than the other guy. <laughs> we can Aaron. make up some lab that you run if you want. No, no, no. I don't run anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, or run or do anything. So I'm yeah. a comedian and a writer, which means I'm very lazy. Yeah, we were talking about your potential laziness a little bit before the pod. You were not, saying it's that not potential you, at all. It's, it's very in lazy. action. It's kinetic laziness. <laughs> it's like, like aggressively lazy. <laughs> like sitting up and watching TV is too much work for me. Wow, okay. it's like oh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I gotta go lie down. Yeah, yeah. So, so I got up to do this. I mean, that's so, an incredible feat. Then yeah, it sounds like I didn't dress up either. Totally like, you fine. Know, I identify as a woman. But uh, since I'm not dressed up, uh, don't worry about the pronouns at all. I yeah. don't. I don't care at all. Okay, great. And you know what? Same. You can yeah. call me whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you can call me scum maggot, yeah. and that's also fine and potentially yeah. more accurate. Uh, I even, answer to hey you. <laughs> hey, you, is that what your students uh, call you sometimes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so disrespectful. Okay, today, like I said, we're talking about the Lion King. Obviously, I grew up on this movie. I've seen it a million times. But I want your guys' take on the film. So, when did you first see it? What does it mean to you, etc.? Uh, I saw it when I was a kid. I didn't get it. I didn't really speak English, <laughs> so you know, I was just like, "Oh, there's really pretty, uh, really pretty designs." And it wasn't uh, translated. You saw it like in English. Yeah, I was confused because like uh, I uh, Simba turned old. And I thought he, I thought that is like, is that his dad? What happened to the kid? <laughs> that's, how, that's how dumb I was, you know, right. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't bother to ask anybody. And I saw it again when I was an adult, I think uh, 10 years ago, they re-released it in 3D. Do oh, you remember that? I don't remember that. That yeah, sounds cool, I, actually. And I watched it and then I remember thinking like, wow, this is, that scar guy is like more evil than I realized. Like, yeah. I can't believe this is for children, you know? And um, yeah, and I, I guess... It's a Disney movie, so you know everything's kind of basic, and I thought it was a pretty good movie. Okay, I don't have the nostalgia, I guess, mm. that a lot of people have over it. Got you. Okay, 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hesitate to weigh in until we hear from the Blaze. <laughs> the Blaze. Um, I saw it. Let's see. It came out when was it? Ninety four. Ninety four, I believe. Yeah. Yes. So I didn't see it in the theater. I was, you know, an adult, and I didn't go to see Disney films in the yeah. theater then. Sure. Uh, now that I have kids, I do. Uh, but I did see it on DVD and, uh, I thought it was awesome. It was one of the better Disney movies I thought at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and of course I just watched it again yesterday to just to remind myself of a lot of it. I've seen it a few times over the years. I even saw when I first moved to LA, they had the, the Disney, the, the Lion King at the Pantages. Oh, the show. So I saw that that? too. And that was phenomenal. I mean, that was like probably the first like real production show like that I've seen. And yeah, it's cool. Cool, you know, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I would love to see that. And now we have the new 2019 Lion King coming yeah. out. They basically remade the trailer. I just saw uh, earlier today a like side by side comparison right. of the yeah animated trailer with this new trailer. Oh, cool! And it's like precisely the same, except the effects, obviously. Interesting. Yeah, but I mean. Why mess up something so good? Is that your take on it? Yeah, everything is being remade now. I think it's like um, they're trying to appeal to the nostalgia of millennials now. Sure. They're remaking everything. Lion King and... You know, Final Fantasy Seven, and you know, just like video games and TV shows. Yeah, they're just remaking everything now. Right, yeah. And it's going to... you know, and I feel like it's a cash grab mm-hmm. and I feel upset that it's completely going to work. Like, <laughs> because it's, I know what they're doing and I'm yeah. upset by it and it's going to completely, I'm like going to spend money and uh, relive my childhood. Like, yeah. oh, this is like the good old days. I do have to comment on the music of the film because that for me, as far as all these Disney, I, I would say, I guess I, I want to say early Disney, but it's really not early Disney. It's just early in my life, Disney films. The music was, uh, really really fantastic in this movie and I think that Mm -hmm. was one of the Academy Awards it won Um, I did read somewhere that Elton John saw like a screening of it early and it didn't have uh, can you feel the love tonight and so he had to convince somebody to put it in there and then it like won best song that's a cool story it's crazy to me which it's like so obvious that song is so good Uh, but anyways first thing that came to my mind with this film is that it's called The Lion King and lions are often referred to as the king of the jungle and I was reading (laughs) some stuff that this is like not exactly accurate do you want to touch on that? Uh, in two ways it's not accurate great they don't live in jungles okay (laughs) that's a big one (laughs) yes savannas really (laughs) so the whole movie no it's bad Uh, well they called it the lion king they didn't say king of the jungle so right they they at least shied away from that yes that association axel rose is wrong then yeah. <laughs> oh, does he have a song about yeah. uh, Welcome to the Jungle? Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. About just, a lion, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's still wrong in yeah. a lot of ways. Let's go, let's come out and say that. <laughs> don't be too hard on the guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I was, that you was have a bad Slash rip. right behind you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, just always looking over your shoulder. <laughs> That's true. But uh, in the other way that I guess it would be wrong is that they aren't really, they, they are a top predator. Okay. They are a top predator. A top predator. A, exactly. They're a top predator. And then that's actually something I presume we'll be getting into is the relationship between lions and hyenas. Because mm-hmm. that's a dynamic that was real central to the film. Yeah, absolutely. Well, right. I mean, let's get into it. Hyenas in the film are like bottom feeders. They're they're scavengers. Yeah. And that's how they're portrayed in mm-hmm. Western culture. Uh, that's not how people in Africa think of them because they aren't generally scavengers. They actually do... A majority of their their food comes from hunting it. Okay. Yeah. 
So they're actually competitors with lions in a lot of ways. Oh, wow. Yeah. wow. Okay. And why in the West does that opinion surface? I don't know where it came from. It probably came from European explorers that went there and saw their behaviors and maybe saw what looked like scavenging. Because one thing that does happen is if hyenas take down a kill, and it's usually a big animal, a wildebeest or something like zebra or something like that, then the if there are lions nearby, the lions will actually displace the hyenas from the kill. Because they tend, they'll they'll be competition sometimes, and sometimes they'll even be eating the same time on the same animal. Okay, but generally the lions would displace because they work in groups also, and they'll displace the hyena or hyenas, and the hyenas will go off a few hundred yards and kind of wait Whoa. for the lions to finish and then go away, and then the 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 um the hyenas will come back to their kill. So it might be, you know, early explorers saw that second part and thought, oh, they're scavenging from lions. But actually people, who, ethologists who study them in the wild, I, I boned up on this because it's not my area of research as much, but I read a, a bit of this and I, I recently, so I realized that actually they do a lot of their own hunting. There's a, Very cool. Even though they, they there is a lot of competition between them, they do seem to coexist pretty well. Okay. Wow. I, I see hyenas in a different light now. Yeah. I'm very upset at the movie. I've hated hyenas my whole life. <laughs> there was a Lion King video game that I played, yes. and the hyenas were really hard to kill mm -hmm. and um, bad guys, you know? So thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's got to be a tough move to pick a bad guy animal in the first place, <laughs> probably. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, no, like, no matter what, somebody's going to get pissed off. Like, I was Ooh, looking at sure. some of the controversy, and I think part of it was, it says, hyena biologists protested against the animal's portrayal. One hyena researcher sued Disney Studios for defamation of character. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it touched a nerve. <laughs> I, absolutely. Ethologists, you don't want to rub them the wrong way. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> so, wait, what, what makes them... Because they're small... They're small little guys. So what oh, makes hyenas them, are not small. They're not small. No, I mean they're smaller than lions. Yes, oh, okay. Which is why lions would normally displace them. But they're not that small. I mean they're pretty substantial, mm. and they're really um, like heavy built. Okay. Uh, actually, they seem in a way, fast. They're, in the they're movie. kind of both heavy built and they're fast. They're what's called cursorial hunters Whoa. or cursorial uh, animals. Cursorial. Those are animals that move around a lot. Okay. Uh, whereas lions ambush, they'll sit, they can't run for very long, oh. um, for, but hyenas can run for a lot longer. So hyenas chase down their prey for a lot longer, whereas hunt, uh, the lions will sit and wait for the prey to get close and then just do a sprint. Mm. Is that what makes them. them an effective killer is that they will, you know, out stamina yeah. a zebra or yeah, something? Yeah, well, what they do is they, they go as a group or even sometimes just individually into uh, a, a, um, a herd. And they'll kind of cause disruption and the, the herd starts running different ways, the animals, and they'll kind of identify one that's a little bit slower or something mm. and target it and go after that one wow. and, and just wear it down. Yeah. It seems like there's more honor in what hyenas do than lions. Is that? I mean, yeah. Yeah. They kind of so have that, to yeah. work harder. It's not cool that they didn't get the movie. Yeah, Lions well, the movie. maybe yeah. we should make a remake yeah. from the hyenas' perspective. <laughs> yeah. Yes, right? so they, that's a thing, yeah. now, isn't it? Like making movies from an alternate perspective. Well, yeah, yeah, I love that. It'd be funny if like the hyenas saw the lions getting on TV and stuff, getting jealous. Where <laughs> 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 are they getting all the credit? Yeah, yeah. Right. The hyena prince is what we need. <laughs> there you, you go. Know, we need their story told yeah. and in royal fashion. You yeah. know, like all the that was another. I don't know. Somebody else had issues with like the fact that it seemed like only the like beautiful and 
strong are the ones in charge of everybody oh. in this world. Well, there's to some degree that's actually true. Okay. In the animal kingdom, when there is hierarchy and competition within a group, mm-hmm. it's usually the strongest animal that like with male male competition mm-hmm. like running a pride it would be the stronger ones that would prevail unless there's a coalition, which is actually hyenas again are different from lions that way. Lions, it's more about kind of the dominant strong male will oust another male or will kind of take over the the harem generally. Okay. Whereas for hyenas, the it's very different. It's actually a lot like, um, well, people don't probably know what baboon troops are like, but <laughs> it turns out they're very similar to baboon troops in the sense that it's the females that run the show for hyenas. Oh. In fact, the top male hyena in the group will be subordinate to the bottom lowest ranking female within that group. Wow. For baboons and, and for that's hyenas. That's true. Yep. That's true. Baboons and vervets are what they call the circopithecine, circopithecoid monkeys, like the African monkeys. Okay. And that's true in hyenas apparently too, for some reason. They, they have that same social structure. So the Another reason, sorry to interrupt, that hyenas seem cooler. Yeah, hyenas seem cooler. Yeah, yeah they are cool. <laughs> the you know? And they're female, related yeah. to, they are related to cats actually more than to canids dogs okay great wow. well i love cats so yeah. for me that's another point but they fill a dog-like niche oh so they are physically and also behaviorally a little bit more like wolves or other type of dog species okay in the the niche they fill in africa Oh, how, how so? In the, in the like grand ecosystem? Yeah. And, and like wolves also chase down large prey ah. right, and work as coordinated hunters and hyenas work as coordinated hunters. Now, lions also work as coordinated hunters, but they do it more of a, a sit and a hunt and wait, sit and wait for the game to get close, a stealth approach. Got you. Is that more of a, a dog thing? Which or, one? I, the running cursorial, as we call it? Yeah, like I'm trying to picture the difference here between how the, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but cat species hunts and mm-hmm. dog species hunts. Because yeah, you're felids, saying fields. Yeah, felids are like all the cats and canids are all the dogs, wolves, foxes, coyotes. Or, felids are, and? Felids and canids. And canids. Yeah. Felids and canids. Okay, felids so. Felids are much more sit and wait, except mm, for the cheetah. Oh, cheetah will run you right. down. But leopards, yeah. Leopards, tigers, and uh, lions, they sit and wait. Okay. Or sneak up on the prey. Very cool. Um, I have a bunch of lion uh, questions. I have a, like, I didn't know a lot of this stuff about lions. So, first of all, uh, Simba goes off and, you know, he's uh, emotionally upset because he thinks he killed his father uh, when actually it was Scar, who's played by the brilliant Jeremy Irons. Uh, so good, very scary, uh, as uh, Robin was mentioning. Yep. That'll give you nightmares if yeah. you're uh, not careful. I mean, Jeremy Irons gives me nightmares anyway. <laughs> Just in general. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I have to mention that I did read that the animators, like, took part of Jeremy Irons' performances, like his facial expressions, and made Scar look more like Jeremy Irons because of it. They were like, this guy's awesome. So I thought that was great because he was also like not originally supposed to be him. But they were like, no, no, no. This is the guy. This is Scar. Um, But anyways, okay. So he goes off and he's like on his own. And so how often does that happen? What is the life cycle of the lion? Well, male lions actually will go off and live on their own or in groups of other males called coalitions. Okay. Um, If especially it's the case if a male is born in a pride and there are already a few resident males 
dominant males in that pride, there's no more room for other males to be part of that group. When they kind of reach sexual maturity in about, I think, four years or so, they will kind of peel off and, and either go solo, maybe try and join another pride somewhere else when they get big enough to challenge the, the male there. Right, yeah. Or, or, or team up with some friends. Okay, cool. Yeah, but they don't leave because they're depressed <laughs> because their dad died, you know? Like, I don't think that's accurate. Well, it's hard to get inside <laughs> the mind of the animal. It's a, well, I, thought oh. that's what, I thought that's what you were here for, so. <laughs> exactly. I'm here to tell you, this is what I do for a living. It's very hard. <laughs> but, what I do is hard. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I mean, Robin, you know about that. You can get in the head of a lot. How hard is that? Yeah. You I can mean, tell me what they're thinking. Yeah, they speak English in the movie, you know? They're telling me how they feel. Right. Yeah. That's totally accurate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they don't necessarily join other prides. They have to, like, wait until they're strong enough right. to challenge whoever the strongest male is. Yep. And they kind of just, they take them over. Yeah, they. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's really scary. Um, so I wanted to also <laughs> ask about their uh, monogamy, for lack of a better word. Like how he mm. seems to fall in love with uh, Nala. Yeah. And and I also wanted to ask if they were maybe related because it seems like that's kind of a small line pack that they have there. So does that happen? I, I have line love questions. Good <laughs> questions. Uh. In the animal kingdom, as long as you're like first cousin related or or further, Mm -hmm. it's pretty safe. Like mating is not really much of an issue. It's once Mm -hmm. sibling mating or or parent offspring matings are not, you know, they're frowned upon. It doesn't happen a lot. Although I learned recently from somebody who studies crow uh, behavior in the wild that, and she was doing genetic analysis of the crows, it turned out. One of the clutches of crows in the group she was studying was produced by the mom and one of her previous sons from the previous clutch. Whoa. So it, wow. it happens. Okay. It, yeah. it's, it, you got these documented cases and it's probably possibly happening with lions too. But generally, yeah, the lions would, there would be some amount of outbreeding. Okay. And they know somehow who's related to who. Oh, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they generally know pretty well. They know pretty well. We don't know all the ways that they do, but some of it's chemical. Oh, And wow. some of it's just like you grow up with, um, you know, surrounded by these individuals nursing, you know, this one's nursing on that mom and that one's nursing on the other mom. Then they kind of learn who's who. Got you. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. You were saying how the females in the hyena group are the ones running the show. So what are the females doing in these lion packs? What are the females? Oh, the female lions. If they're not right, yeah. <laughs> they, actually, they hunt usually as a group. Oh, okay. They sometimes hunt solo, but they the females tend to hunt more as a group. Like they go to the bathroom together. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Very Great. similar. Okay. Um, and the males in the group, there was this long time belief that the males just sat around and wait for the females to kill something and then the males would come in i'm the male and come and eat you know a yeah it does sound like what a lion would sound like <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah you're welcome That's spontaneous but actually the males also hunt okay. and they just tend to hunt solo oh okay maybe they're bigger and they can more easily take down prey there is what's called sexual dimorphism the males are larger than the females mm. and that's in part driven by the male male competition okay and species where Males compete with each other. Like think um, elk. 
you know, the males are much bigger than the females. And even in there, they have like the large antlers. And so that's for com- competition purpose. Yeah. They like smash against each other and stuff. Right. Right. Okay. Whereas for like humans, for example, although there is sexual dimorphism, male men tend to be larger than women. It's mm. much reduced compared to the African and other apes like mm. chimpanzees, gorillas, orangutans, where there's a much larger difference between males and females because there's more male, male competition Okay. In the African apes and other apes, whereas humans, when we split from apes, we became much more of a um, egalitarian pro-social species. Got you. Well, speaking of apes, we have uh, Rafiki in this movie, who's fantastic. Who's a and, monkey, yeah. Yep, full of uh, wisdom. Is that the, with a stick? The guy, yep, yeah. yep. Okay. He has a stick. He's got a uh, red butt. That's a baboon uh, for you, yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was going to ask about because I saw that uh, some people th- are saying it's like a mixture of a baboon and a mandrel. That's what I thought too. They called him a baboon right. in the movie, I think. Yes. But actually, he looks more like a mandrel to me. But a mandrel is really a type of baboon. I mean, they're oh, okay. closer related um, types of animals. Are baboons that scary in real life? I mean, that's a horrifying creature. It does look real I mean, strange. Yeah, I, they, I still get scared of it in 32 They years look old. scary. You're scared of every character in the movie. <laughs> yeah. it's, a horror, it's a, a terrifying movie. movie. Yeah, it's a traumatic movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a horror. <laughs> I actually did work with a juvenile male baboon as an undergraduate. What? Really? Yeah. That's adorable. And he, he was cute. He was about four years old, which is still juvenile state. <laughs> oh, wow. And it was living on his own. It was in a, a primate facility at the time. It, then now they wouldn't really keep them on their own. They mm. would have them as part of a group, even in a, a primate facility usually. Okay. Uh, but he was really fun. I mean, he would play ball like a dog in a way. Oh, wow. And, uh, what was his name? He wasn't... Uh, Tony. Tony. Yeah. I still okay. remember him. I have really good memories of Tony. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, bring him in. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't have access to Tony We have anymore. a special guest today. Uh, <laughs> Tony the baboon. <laughs> Pull up a mic. Tony. <laughs> Uh, he's Italian. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Was there a reason you think that they made the baboon, oh, the like wise, uh, Well, sage? baboons do live a long time. So okay. primates are long-lived species and they kind of look like little men, maybe. Sure. Right? So maybe they just kind of thought... That would be a cool role for a baboon, you know, like for that role, it's some wise man, an elder wise person in, yes. in, the, in the Savannah ecosystem, right? Right. Because that's kind of like what the Lion King's about is like this balance of the ecosystem. Uh, and so I guess for having the role of the wise man, they, that makes sense. It would be a primate, first of all, and a baboon is a Savannah primate. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. I don't have anything to add. This is fascinating oh. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I just want to say this is really interesting. I'm trying to stay away from the scary parts. <laughs> you mean the entire movie? <laughs> yeah. Stop mentioning animals. <laughs> it's freaking him out. <laughs> um, okay, so I... Uh, basically, my, a huge question I had during the film is like the relationship be- between all these animals together because I don't know which ones are able to interact with which ones. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. lions interact with lions. They have this relationship with hyenas you were mentioning where like they f- displace them and get them away from their food and sort mm-hmm. of share a zebra Although corcus. Sometimes, uh, the, sometimes hyenas can displace the lions too. That could happen. Oh, okay. So, like they get right. You were saying like they go in there and uh, yeah, they can actually a lion can chaos. kill. Yeah, uh, uh, make a kill, and then if there's like a larger group of hyenas, they can displace the lion or, or a couple of lions. Okay, but, but do you think 
all of these animals would be able to have some sort of relationship to each other. Would they, I don't want to say hang out, but, uh, you know, uh, visit and have some sort of friendly back and forth. Not generally. Okay. Not in the way, of course, it's depicted. Because really, they're trying to depict like a human-like society, but where the animals yes. are the humans, so to speak. Okay. All right. But now what you do have in in Africa is... Because there's uh, large grasslands and then there are these like localized um, water sources, watering holes that are far apart from each other. Those watering holes are places where all the different animals, the, all the, you know, the, uh, the herbivores and warthogs and the lions and hyenas would actually congregate there and not generally bother each other. It's almost like this rule. Mm. That when you're near the watering hole, you leave the other ones around, whether you're the predator or the prey. It's kind of, it's an interesting Whoa. Oh, dynamic. so it's a lot, very segregated. Generally. The animal kingdom. In, very, I mean, they're it, all racist. <laughs> they don't, they don't like to mix together. Is they that what don't you're mix. Yeah. Unless yeah, 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 yeah. they're at this special sacred place, oh, the okay. watering hole, I guess. Yeah. But which I don't separate know. but equal. Separate. <laughs> there's different, the there's different watering holes, right? <laughs> oh, you Comment? can't drink from that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fine. No one can eat each other here for some reason. Although yeah. I, that would be like the place to do it. Right. Right. If you're like a pack of hungry hyenas or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, of course, I don't know what stops them. Something stops them. Yeah. A conscience. They're they're run by women yep. who have consciences. <laughs> That's right. Right. Okay. I don't, are lions more violent? Than, uh, than lions? Uh, yeah. Than hyenas? Um, no, well, they both can be violent, but uh, hyenas are more violent with each other. Uh huh. And oh. lions are more violent, like, to everybody else. Yeah, I see. It's just like uh, human beings, I guess. Right? Yeah. 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 There's a lot of parallels there. Yeah. <laughs> un, un, unintended parallels, probably. Yeah. Disney's yeah. perspective. <laughs> More than likely, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and speaking of that, I have to mention this, and we'll get back to animals, I, I promise you, but there was another point of controversy which I either completely forgot about um, because it wasn't interesting to me and I have selective memory or uh, because I just never heard about this. So there was a Japanese uh, cartoon. I don't know if it was a TV show or a film exactly. And that's on me for not knowing, but it was called Kimba and the White Lion. Do you know about hmm, this? No. Nope. Okay, guys, check this out. So it, <laughs> they had a protest in Japan in 94 when The Lion King came out. Uh, it's the creator of Kimba and the White Lion. Uh, over there, it's like cultural icons, this thing. Mm -hmm. it was there, there were 488 Japanese cartoonists and animators, uh, and they all signed this petition accusing Disney of plagiarism and demanding that they give due credit to Tezuka. Well, I guess is uh, oh this guy who created it, creator, oh, yeah, Osamu Tezuka, um, and there's just so many similarities. Oh wow! Between this really? thing and we should have watched that too. I know. I <laughs> when I was reading this, I was like, oh my god, I should really see this just because it's probably insane. Like I because it was out it years was like before a movie or something. I think it was a show that like ran for a while. Hmm. But I'll list some of the similarities. So first of all, obviously Kimba and Simba are like the same name. Yeah, and they're both the protagonist lion. Um, and then there's evil lions in both. In uh, in in Kimba, there's a one-eyed claw uh, or like a one-eyed uh, evil lion named Claw instead of Scar. 
And then there's also a sage baboon. Um, and then there's like the same bird. It's called Polycracker <laughs> in uh, Kimbo on the White Lion instead of Zazu. And then there's two like quirky or funny hyena sidekicks instead of the trio in the Lion King. They have a song called Makuna Hatata. <laughs> yeah. So weird. So weird. I don't know it's why we didn't do that. Japanese yeah. for some sushi, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> huge Japanese hit. Makuna <laughs> Hatata was. Ugh, that's so good. Um, so yeah, I just didn't know about that and I thought that was absolutely wild. And then there was the famous uh, sex in the clouds. Uh, oh, I remember the this controversy. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a what? freeze frame moment where oh. it spells out sex, like the animators wrote S E X in the cloud. People see sex everywhere. I mean, that's yeah. a good point but yeah. from a psychology standpoint. Exactly. <laughs> Probably seeing what they want to see. How did people see it back then? Like, I mean, it was harder to pause and all that stuff, right? Or yeah, it it, or? I think it was one of the best-selling VHSs in right. history. So it was probably, yeah, people just oh, pausing. pausing their... I re- it was on the news, I remember. Yeah. They, they played The Lion King on, like, ABC7 or something, and mm-hmm. then on the news afterwards, like, controversy with sex. <laughs> and I didn't know what I didn't know what freeze-framing was, so they just kept showing <laughs> they just kept showing Simba on top of, of his girlfriend, and then they just kept saying sex. Like, this whole... Huge controversy, like, <laughs> no, no, not, what the film's about. Not, no, like, there's an inappropriate, and I'm like, <clears throat> but you, you guys are the ones that keep saying the word sex yeah and i'm a kid you know and i'm like this is i didn't you're doing this i didn't see it at all you know but disney did did that kind of stuff a lot didn't they like there's a lot of so i'm not i don't i can't take a firm stance on one or the other i have not done enough research all that i know is that i did read a thing from an animator named tom sito who worked on the lion king that says that they put in the abbreviation for special effects SFX oh, and okay. it can look like sex which I can't believe they didn't realize that's crazy um, but it was uh, intended as an innocent signature created by the effects animation team I don't buy it mm. it's yeah it's pretty rough I mean first of all why would you need to do that yeah you may you know what I mean what part don't you buy it's just like, <clears throat> yeah, this doesn't look like anything bad. You know, like, you don't think anyone would, would <laughs> no, point that right. out? Like, hey, hey, guys, I know this is F- SFX, but uh, do you think it's like, no, nah, don't worry. No, like, no one said anything. So you think maybe they really thought maybe uh, yeah, it's sneak just that like, in there. Yeah, like, oh, we have plausible deniability, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on, it's Disney. Wait, am I allowed to say that? Am I going to get, like, killed or something, you know, if I make fun of Disney? Uh, uh, no, no, they're across town. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying Disney has done a lot of, like, weird um, sexual innuendos in a lot of their movies. Like, yeah. In The Little mm-hmm. Mermaid, the, I think there was the, the the guy that was marrying them, mm-hmm. the priest. Was it the priest or the rat? The rat, uh, the rat I don't one? know. And it looked like his knee was going up, but it looked like a boner. <laughs> oh, it gosh, looked like really? he was getting an erection. Yeah, you can see. You can see. You can look up all these on. Now YouTube. I want to watch these films. There's a few. Yeah, there's a few of them from and, what I recall. And on the cover of the Little Mermaid VHS or DVD cover, there is a a penis, <laughs> like on, on the castle. Like instead of like a little scepter thing, it's like a okay it's a penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, oh yeah, no, the scepter just looks like a penis. Like no, I don't buy it. Yeah, yeah, she's right. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> okay. Yep, I've seen these things. Disney, you can. This is what this is what I'm an expert on. <laughs> there you Disney go. Penises. There you go. Secret penises. <laughs> and people should check out your podcast, Secret Penises. Yeah, exactly. So it's not a fallacy. Yeah. Well, it's not a secret anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Great. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go back to the show about science. Uh, so. 
Yeah, I had a, I had more just like, and these might be super silly and feel free to tell me if I'm being a total <laughs> schmuck. Um, but Simba starts living with uh, Timon and Pumbaa, right. which I want to get to and touch on uh, meerkats and, uh, and mm-hmm. warthogs. But while he's there, they uh, tell him to start eating bugs. And so mm-hmm. I was just curious if lions eat bugs and if they could live off a diet of bugs. If they had enough bugs, they would be... They're nutritious. They could live off of them. Okay. Uh, I don't think they do live off of them because I think the it would be getting the quantity. Right. They eat like 15 pounds of meat a day. Whoa. Oh, oh 15 gosh. pounds? So imagine like Whew. that's a lot of bugs to get yeah. 15 pounds worth. I mean, 15 you'd be pounds of bugs. All the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Talk about a perspective movie. Like the bugs that are getting eaten by the oh, by Simba. damn. Good it's call. It's like, oh my gosh, he's wiping out our whole species. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're to get 15 right. pounds of us a day. <laughs> now, <laughs> what a monster Simba is. reproduce a lot, <laughs> yeah. so you oh, wouldn't okay. worry too much about it, just from one line. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fair, yeah. But I do like this really sad insect story where just families are being ripped apart <laughs> by just Simba. There you go. Yeah, just another Simba. alternate take movie, you know, from the bug's perspective. Yeah. These three dominant, you know, it's like it's like Godzilla and Mothra and this other yes. one move in at the same yeah, time po- and terrorize yeah. your local neighborhood of Bugville. Right? I think Pumbaa would look the most horrifying out of this. Oh my gosh, what is this thing? Yeah. yeah. So it's in a lot of ways, it is a horror film. I mean, we're really getting down to it. Um, okay, it all depends on whose perspective you take. Yes, and same with life, guys. Step in other people's shoes sometimes, That's you know. Right. Um, okay, so probably not living off bugs. Probably not eating bugs very often. I don't even. think they do. I know, you know, cubs will chase bugs or little things like that because sure. they're just learning how to hunt. Okay, and that, like they practice that. Yeah. But as adults, I don't think they eat really Not so bugs. much. And is their diet just straight meat? My understanding is that's it, yeah. That's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Wow. They don't get their veggies. They don't need their veggies, maybe. It, I don't know enough about that, but it's possible that, you know, they'll chew on grass now and then. Sometimes animals will do that. Cats, house cats will do that. I just gave you know. my house cat some grass recently uh, because she was having some digestion problems and it was suggested. And so we got some grass and she ate it. So grass is good for the stomach? Maybe in small amounts, like the roughage and the polyphenols, you know, chemicals that are in leafy greens, leafy material. Okay. Can act as a digestive or, you know, help things move along mm-hmm. or have a small medicinal effect. So, car- you know, pure carnivores will, some of them will occasionally eat. Some grass. Bits of grass or something. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So why don't we eat grass like Lola, my cat? Hey, speak for yourself, you know. <laughs> A little oh. bit of grass for lunch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can order us some grass uh, on Grubhub if you guys are In the are tender hungry. greens, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like that's grass. true. Yeah. That's similar grass, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and then uh, would Simba eat Zazu, the bird? The bird. Uh, possibly if he's on his own and he's like hunting and he's young and experienced because he left the pride when he was just a a cub still right yeah so if such a scenario actually happened he would go after small game yeah like that small game is game Exactly. Okay. You know, you'd be outraged if he ate the bird. <laughs> yeah, really. Talking about the character that is no longer uh, <laughs> sympathetic at all. <laughs> and then, of course, perspective movie from the bird yeah. getting wrecked by Simba. There you go. <laughs> okay. Um, and then I read, I don't know if this is true, but I read that they like will try to uh, 
either kill their young or that the young will kill uh, infanticide. 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 Yeah. yeah. Can you tell me about that? Infanticide is a real thing. Okay. And usually the conditions under which uh, it's adults that would kill infants. Okay. It would be adult males. For lions, it would be adult males that would kill the infants. Usually that happens when one male ousts another and takes over the, the pride. Then that male, the new male, will kill the young. Whoa. And this, there's a few different species that do this. Cats do this. What? Even house cats have been shown to do this. No. Why? Sorry. Because what happens is it then speeds up the process of the females going back into a reproductive viability so that they can then mate and have their own offspring. So you think about if the male, the new male, those offspring are not its progeny. Right. So its own genetics are not in those those cubs. Wow. And so by killing them, one, it's, it's not giving resources, devoting resources to those cubs that are not his. And two, the females, especially the ones that are nursing those cubs, will no longer be nursing. And nursing is, uh, is it suppresses ovulation. And so it, then the, the females are no longer nursing. So now they start ovulating again. So they'll be receptive and, and fertile. Whoa. Wow. There's a lot of justification for killing a kid. Yeah. <laughs> in, I mean, I guess you need it. There are yeah. primates that do this too. Yeah. In Asia, there's really? primates called langurs, and they also show this. And uh, Sarah Hurdy's a professor, really studied a lot of this infanticide in uh, langurs, and then it was discovered in African lions as well. Man. So are you saying that what Scar was trying to do to Simba was kind of accurate? Yes and no. Yes, it's accurate when a male comes in, but usually brothers are, they form a coalition and they'll work together. Like they'll run the pride together. Oh, okay. And so they normally, that, the, the, if they're brothers that closely related, they actually would be trying to protect the pride from other intruding males. Wow. So it's un, that's a very human thing, right? Wow. Like for one, the, the younger or the, the non-inheriting prince to want to oust the kids so that he could become the next king. That's a very right. human thing, not a lion thing. Oh, okay. Huh. So, yeah, Scar would be... But then again, Scar was pretty rotten. Yeah. He was. So he's even evil to the lions. He like, really was. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. how evil Scar was. Yeah. <laughs> even other lions are like, hey, man. Like, he was very human. The brothers, like, I heard the scientists on a podcast <laughs> that uh, <laughs> brothers aren't supposed to do this, man, but Scar. <laughs> lions listening to podcasts yeah. is my dream. <laughs> That's all oh, that I want. A whole new market for you. <laughs> yeah. So true. Um, okay. So I also think infanticide sounds too much like fantasy those <laughs> words are t too close it should be i'm just okay. saying it, the word should be something a little more it is kind of goofy sounding infanticide well, yeah the killing of infants i hate listen like pesticide killing of pets pests not pets pesticide pesticide you know right I, yeah herbicide you're killing uh, plants herbs like mm -hmm. weeds mm -hmm. so infant if you kill infants what about suicide decide what's killing, killing yourself sue killing know. self sue. it's only when somebody named sue <laughs> yeah somebody <laughs> <laughs> killing people named sue <laughs> that's what suicide i oh i didn't know that i thought it was killing oneself uh only for name sue um okay so i'm sorry i'm just really stuck on this whole we're gonna kill are young because they're not mm -hmm. our young thing. Okay. And so what you're telling me is that if I have a house cat and I bring her home and I already have a kitten that's not hers, there's a chance that when I leave, that kitten will die. It would be another male. So oh, if okay. a male is um, sired kittens 
with that with the female cat. Uh huh. And then the male left, and you brought another male home. He might. He might. Uh, this yeah. is toxic masculinity. How do we teach? What, what kind of blogs can we show these cats? Yeah. That- well, you know, you think about it, it's, it might sound <laughs> terrible, but it's an effective strategy to pass your genes on. Yeah. So it's, if you think about it as a this smile evolutionary this, this smile he just yeah. gave me. Inappropriate cre- smile. Creepy. It's actually a very... <laughs> Blaze, I love you, brother, but why do you want to kill these kids, man? It's not effective, okay? Don't promote that on my podcast, please. I'm not promoting it. I'm just explaining it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. You're right. explaining it, but the look on your face is, is really he's very, suggestive. Yeah, you're very delighted. Radio show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that Robin is here to let everybody know what side you're on of the... In- Infanticide. Uh, uh, yeah, that's really. Uh, so, what animals do this besides? You said lions. You said cats. Are yep. there? Is it? Is it? And langurs, which are a type oh, of right. Asian monkey, and which is wild to me because at least in my head they're like more closely related to humans. So that's a that's a strange thing. Well, it, yeah, it's convergent evolution. Okay. So similar so, like uh, social um, structures. Right led to similar usually when you have harem situations that is where oh, harem that's what they're called by ethologists i didn't make this term up okay but when you have one male or a few <laughs> males that um are um, controlling a bunch of reproductive females that social structure is called a harem okay. and baboons the hamadryas baboon in africa also have this harem structure langurs lions that would be the the kind of structure where that would evolve. Okay. Or could evolve. Okay. Really scary. Don't kill your kids, guys. That's uh, my suggestion for <laughs> and today. And don't join a harem. And don't join a harem. <laughs> that also sounds scary. Um, okay. So let's talk for a second about meerkats. Um, I don't really know anything about meerkats. Not mm-hmm. sure uh, what you know, what you know. I have no idea. Okay, great. I just know that they look really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't even know how to like accurately describe a meerkat right. to somebody else. It's would be a great test. Yeah, it's okay. So I'm going to go ahead and say it's like a squirrel looking thing or like a weasel, I guess. <laughs> weasel. Okay. It, actually, a, a type of mongoose. A type of mongoose. Which is, you know, the weasel families, mongooses, weasels, meerkats. Oh. Yeah. They're a kind of carnivore. Okay. Right. And so, so they probably wouldn't eat bugs either. They do eat bugs because oh. they're small. So they're small carnivores. Ah. So they, they do eat a lot of insects and like frogs or Okay. Eggs. Oh, they eat frogs? Oh, no. <laughs> you love frogs? <laughs> no, I just think they're they're adorable. You know, I don't oh. eat the frogs. Well. I used to like meerkats. But anyway, go on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, boy. <laughs> I'm just trashing everything. I would have loved to see Timon eat a frog, by the way. That would have been great. (laughs) Yeah, they they go down well. Is the size, so you're saying the size was fairly accurate? Yeah, I mean, they're about like... Okay. Like about a foot and a half, maybe. That seems cute. foot and a half. Okay. Yeah, and they live in these large groups. Okay. Like up to 30 or 40 individuals, that, and they do tunnel, and they live in the savanna. Not quite as much in the forest, more in the open savanna. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they live in groups and they usually, when you see like pictures of them or you see them at the zoo, they're like, they're a whole bunch standing up, yeah. looking around like on their hind legs. Yeah. And it's because the way they forage while some of them are eating, others will stand up and, and, you know, keep a lookout. Wow. <laughs> and if there's, if they see anything potentially threatening, dangerous, they'll start vocalizing, you know, let the others know that there's, you know, sort of a warning system. Cool. 
So they yeah. know they're doing something wrong. Like, hey, can we keep on, keep a lookout? <laughs> yeah, Fred, Fred, don't <laughs> worry. Fred, hey, yeah. hey, the fuds yeah, are here. Yeah, Fred's, Fred's over there looking out for us. Don't worry about it. Right. That seems like Ooh. a rare thing too. Zootopia too. Up. That'd be something they should do. Have the meerkats be the ones that are like trying to break in and oh. the ones to look out. And great yeah. call. Hey, go. if you're listening. Like That's o- some credit for the place. Like, like Ocean's right. Eleven, but with meerkats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would love that. I would love a fun cartoon version of Ocean's Eleven, actually. Now that I'm thinking like about that. it. They're just trying right. to find frogs to eat, you know, in the end. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's right. it's pretty rare that, like, a bunch of uh, animated characters are, are pulling off a heist in one of these <laughs> movies, you know? Like, that's never the case. No. So, well, we got to turn that corner, guys. <laughs> we need that. Um, okay, uh, the Warthog Pumba. Mm-hmm. That also f- accurate. I again would have a hard time describing. That's like a mini rhino way? little pig. Well, what a mini what? I called it a mini rhino because it has those like husks. Oh, those uh, yeah, those tusks or the tusks? teeth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those, but those are teeth. Whereas a rhino's Whoa. horn is a horn. It's not a tooth structure. Oh, okay, right. So and they're a type it. of pig. I mean, they're in the oh. pig family. Gotcha. The warthogs. Okay. Yeah, it did do some oinking now that I'm thinking about yeah. it, I feel like. And there right? were pig jokes in there. Were there oh, pig jokes? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, about the, like when they were trying to, to uh, when Simba was, was an adult and he was coming back to challenge Scar and Pumbaa and Timon were like the trying to distract the hyenas uh-huh. and Simba was, I mean, Timon was in the little Hawaiian outfit uh-huh. and was pretending like uh, Pumbaa had an apple in his mouth like he was a oh, Hawaiian right. pig, right? That's I didn't right. even think he said something about bacon or something. Okay, so, okay. Do they, do they taste good? Probably. Oh, okay. Humans hunt them. Oh, and wow. And okay. lions good. will hunt them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe some warthog and cream cheese is in your future. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> warthog yeah. bacon. Yeah. Warthog, yeah, that's like even better than like the uh, the, the Razorbacks, right? The Razorbacks, what's... which are the, the wild pigs in the like the and the, uh, the Appalachians. Oh, mm-hmm. they cook those also. Yes, yeah. so. yeah, oh, you gotcha. hunt them. Any okay. kind of wild boar. Yeah, yeah, I bet Got they would taste of, good. Got uh, a lot of pork that mm. we can try because they're yeah. omnivores again. Like so, the, that was pretty accurate. They do eat insects. And, oh, okay. And they also eat lots of like you know leaves, tubers, some grass, a, a variety of things. Okay. Yeah. Um. There's a scene where Pumbaa farts. And everybody yep. hates it. Yep. And they leave. So I wanted to ask about animals farting. Do they <laughs> do that as often animals as humans? Animals do fart. Mm-hmm. And they differ in the degree to which they do. Okay. And it depends on what their diet is. Ah. Uh-huh. So animals that eat a lot more roughage have more gas because mm-hmm. you have bacterial fermentation now for cows you know they always talk about cow farts yes as being like you know bad for the environment, for the environment. yeah it's actually burps they're actually burping oh, up right. methane yes, it's not this. coming out the rear end most of that gas is escaping from the front end that's because they're the the bacterial fermenting tank of, is in the front part of their stomach wow now chimps and gorillas on the other hand i have worked with chimps too okay and i can tell you yes they have gas Stinky and parts. it comes out of the rear ends because they're more hindgut <laughs> fermenters as a, the uh, bacteria that break down like the, the insoluble fiber and roughage. And I assume is, we're the same way. Yeah. Is in the back. Did and you, we're hindgut fermenters too. Oh, hindgut okay. fermenters. Did you look yes. that up after they kept farting? You're like, okay, I got to look up these monkey farts. <laughs> I got to see what's going on here. disgusting. Uh, I had read about <laughs> fermentation in animals. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there an uh, anti-smelly fart diet? that 
you mm. can put these animals on you slash like humans. Are, yeah, are you asking for yourself? Uh, <laughs> asking for a friend. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, well, if you don't eat as much of that roughage, you'll have less material to you know for the bacteria to metabolize mm. and produce CO two as a uh, or other fart content as a byproduct. Okay, and so. I don't know, but you, isn't you roughage want, a healthy thing to eat in in an, in sufficient quantities? Mm. Yeah, okay. you know, I, there's a lot that we still don't know for humans in particular. We, there's still a lot we don't know about how much roughage do we need, how much fiber, or whatever. Let's say you know, uh -huh. in the context of plants, do we actually need for a healthy you know gut? Wow, it's fascinating. It's fascinating that after so much time, we still make. Stinky farts, <laughs> right? Shouldn't we have that yeah. solved already? Seems basic. Well, you can always buy those underwear that have the charcoal layer, you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, just, I swear to God, what I is saw that? an ad for this the other day. And, and this, seriously, they it's underwear that you can wear where around your backside. Uh -huh. There's a layer sewn into it of basically charcoal, I think, of some kind of, okay. and such a, and such, like a thin layer. Sure. Right, because that is a deodorizer. Oh, okay. Right? Ow. So it doesn't start smelling like a barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> Every time you fart, someone thinks their ribs cooking. <laughs> no, it's not burnt charcoal. <laughs> okay. It's, like, it's more like a, a thin layer of uh, activated charcoal or something. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that like weird uh, black stuff they put in my coffee randomly at these like high-end coffee shops in LA. They're like, oh, oh would you like a activated charcoal latte? Oh, is that a thing now? Yeah, that's okay. a thing now. They, they, I saw an ad on Facebook like you can use charcoal to brush your teeth to make it whiter. Have you heard that? Yeah, Ooh. that probably would work. Oh, probably that would work. work. Wow. Well, I mean, charcoal, it, even though it's black in color, it what it does is it it attract. I don't know the, the exact chemistry of it, but something about charcoal, it attracts things and it it removes them. Okay. Wow. So, like, charcoal are there any potential cons to either putting this in your mouth or on your butt? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't think of any. Okay. Wow. I mean, if you have too much of it, yeah. But you can small, small amounts of it, and it's actually not a problem at all. Isn't it also a um, hangover thing? Don't people use charcoal for that purpose as well? I don't know. Do they? I, th I, don't, I thought that maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. I've been wrong before. Well, charcoal sounds magic now. <laughs> charcoal <laughs> is kind of magic, yeah. yeah. Uh, this might be <laughs> ending on a... Mm, dark note I guess uh -oh. but there's an elephant graveyard in the film mm. and I was reading that elephants don't usually go off and die in the same place like there wouldn't be an that. elephant graveyard yes does that make sense I'll Is trust that... what you read okay <laughs> so unsure <laughs> it doesn't seem like there would be such a thing right okay that's oh, what I was oh thinking. I was picturing like tombstones and stuff and I thought you were gonna say <laughs> most elephants here lies, lies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh okay that makes more sense yeah it's just like a bone like I think that's where the hyenas were it was like oh. the, uh, you know the now, badlands or whatever kill, like if, if mm -hmm. which there generally wouldn't be for elephants people don't hunt large amounts of elephants and yeah. even lions they would if they can get one, they would. It would just be one, right? So I wouldn't see how they can all congregate. Oh, yeah, a bunch of big bones. I mean, somebody mm -hmm. clearly just thought, like, man, wouldn't this be cool? Well, I mean, that there's this idea of it. I've heard the concept of an elephant graveyard. Oh, I mean, I think it's a, a thing, like okay. a concept that's been around, a meme that's been around. I don't know where it got started. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. I gotta look that up. 
or you, uh, you guys at home look it up and email me <laughs> about the origins of an elephant graveyard because I just have no idea. Um, and then uh, I, you know, probably from a more proactive standpoint, I guess a lot of these animals are probably endangered uh, or, you know, in just no, like yeah. in trouble. Is Mostly because of habitat, just, you know, take, taking over the habitat. And there's just not enough area. These this kind of environment, a savanna ecosystem, requires very large areas for animals to migrate. Yeah, because there are dry seasons when there's a lot less water, so they have to migrate a lot further to get to water sources. Uh, it becomes much drier, so to get to food, they'll have to travel around further. Mm-hmm. And so by parceling up the African Serengeti and, and, and Savannah in general into like, you know, nations and cities. And then like, oh, these are preserves and they could live there, only there. And yeah, it's it has been very disruptive. Wow. Is there something we can do? Do you want to call out anyone whose fault it is mm. f- uh, by name? People. <laughs> humanity. <laughs> it, it's, it's humanity. <laughs> well, Rob and I didn't do anything. Yeah. So. No, actually, though, what's interesting, <laughs> one thing that's interesting is that the African, the large African mammals like elephants have survived in the context of humans, whereas everywhere else around the globe, humans went, the largest animals, the megafauna tended to go extinct, like mammoths and mm-hmm. mastodons, giant ground sloths, which right. are like as big as a rhino. Uh, these things went extinct as humans moved into Eurasia and and the Americas, Australia. Uh, but in Africa, it's, there's this idea that maybe because these large animals evolved along with humans, as humans were evolving from you know the ape ancestor, the ancestor with chimps, to the modern hunt, very sophisticated hunters of humans, mm-hmm. they were able to evolve so- strategies to avoid you know, being hunted to extinction. Wow. Some amount of coexistence. Coexistence sounds good. Yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah, that's very good. We could do a little bit more of that. However, I do love the uh, ivory. Everything in my house <laughs> is made of ivory, and I, I just can't get enough of it. You know, my well, they shoes. They could probably make that in a, a dish now, right? Like they have the Impossible Burger. Yeah, why they not? They could probably make yeah. ivory, grow it from stem cells. and Yeah. You know, you know Bart Simpson got a pet elephant. On the Simpsons, and I think that the, right. that that episode is why elephants are still around. Oh, <laughs> that's a it's, stupidest theory. It, it, no, I think I'll that makes sense. That was uh, that got a grant approved. Yeah. to protect the elephants. The pro elephant propaganda. Yeah, yeah right. uh, So poachers, if you're listening, watch some Simpsons and uh, and learn how to just make it in a lab. Stop that's being right. lazy. Go to Silicon Valley and yeah. figure out. <laughs> Yeah, get some VC poachers. money and figure out how to make ivory in the lab. It's not so tough. <laughs> Just do the right thing, guys. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, all right. We have a, a plug section here at the end. Robin, you want to tell people something about oh, you? Sure. Just Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Robin Trans 4 You can find me. Robin Trans 4 What's the significance of the four, if I might oh, ask? Oh, the zero four is, it comes from my high school graduation year that I just <laughs> never grew up from. Okay. Yeah. That's great. It's, you know, it's funny is that I'm so lazy that when I transitioned, <laughs> I didn't even change my email and it's still Robert Trans 4 <laughs> So you, you still give that out to people? <laughs> yeah, so they're like, oh my God, you didn't even, I'm like, that's how lazy I am. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you just remember Robin Trans 04. Great. All right. Robin Trans 04, uh, sir, 
Sir <laughs> Blaze. Blaisdell. Aaron I'm not knighted yet, so ah, you well, to me sir yet. I mean, I'm predicting it'll happen soon. Ooh, that'd be great. Yeah, you yeah. have some insider information then? Yeah, yeah. I'm very in touch with uh, the Queen. We're okay. good, we're good <laughs> great. friends. The monarchy over there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so, yeah, if you just Google Aaron Blaisdell, you'll find me and you'll find my Twitter. I think it's Aaron Blaisdell, you know, at Twitter or whatever. Okay. All that stuff. At Twitter, and yeah. At Twitter, I'm at Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever that is. I don't know how they, they arrange, you know. No, that's right. It's Aaron at, Blaisdell at Twitter. at Aaron Blaisdell. Oh, I guess it's yeah, at yeah. Aaron Blaisdell when you're on Twitter. That's how you Honestly, do it. I'm not. I don't, I don't I'm not on Twitter, but I did know that that's wrong. Okay. <laughs> it just I'm on funny. Twitter enough where I forget how it's all the handles work. Anyway, also Pigeon Rat. If you Google Pigeon Rat, that's yes. my, because I work with pigeons and rats and hermit crabs and people and lots of animals Mm -hmm. you'll find my lab website there any quick uh hermit crab fact i had a hermit crab when i was uh, very little which i loved well so did i that was my first pet was a hermit crab yeah they make good pets. Why did you decide to get into hermit crabbing? It was crabbing? from an undergrad that worked in my lab. He went to the Caribbean for a summer class. It was a great place to do a summer class, yeah. right? And they ended up doing some behavioral field work with hermit crabs. Oh. So he came back to my lab after that and started the fall quarter. And he was like, oh, can we get hermit crabs in the lab? We want to do some more work with them. Cool. And so I was like, sure. Yeah. Why not? We found a broom closet, cleared it out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they don't need much. And so we have, you know, a nice temperature and, and lighting and, and hermit crab food, you know, a nice little hermit crab habitation. We got hermit crabs and they are very interesting, awesome. even though they're much simpler. Okay, great. Well, um, I expect to have you guys back for the new Lion King where I assume everything will happen the same. As the old one, so we essentially have seen it already, and we yeah. can yep, <laughs> we can have a very similar discussion. Yeah, I'd love uh, to, yeah. if not, I could just replay the podcast. <laughs> no, let's redo it. Let's do a remake. I think we should honestly transcribe everything that we've said here today, print it out, and, and just then read it, read it off. Yeah, as I a script. A great idea. Yeah, maybe we could change roles. I could be Robin. Oh, okay. <laughs> Robin could be me. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, I know you're self-proclaimed I've, lazy, yeah, but yeah. I would love for you to read all hey, that. I've transitioned before. I can be a different person. <laughs> okay, great. Go. So we'll see you next time when we'll have Robin as a scientist and Aaron as our comedic guest. <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll just try and change my voice in general. And maybe I'll just play it like as a Scottish person or something. <laughs> all right. Right? I love Worth it. it? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> see you next time. Bye. Thanks. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh, our very helpful intern, Lucas Bollinger, engineered this session, and our executive, Pumbaa Deucer, is Brett Kushner. Follow us on Instagram, at Bad Science Show, that's at Bad Science Show, for behind-the-scenes photos and more. Feel free to send me an email at badscienceatseeker.com, that's badscienceatseeker.com. Let us know if there's a movie you'd like us to discuss and any other thoughts you have on the show. And of course, rate us and review us on iTunes. That lets other people hear about the show. Uh, So we all really appreciate that. And I will see you next week. Take care, good luck, and bye-bye.